afternoon or evening. Have a seat. Thank you, team. You are fantastic as always. Katie said um, she reminded us about expecting the unexpected. And um, anyway, I was going to do something and my wife canned it. Yeah, well, anyway, it, she was my conscience, and I, then I, I thought it wasn't a good idea. I was going to challenge somebody to ride off the stage on that skateboard over there. Can you do that, Grant Mullen? See, there you go. Would you do it, Simon? Go and get that skateboard. Come over here and ride off this stage right now. This says the service going to deeper spiritual levels because he's going to hurt himself and we'll pray for healing. That's what we like. Woo! There you go. <laughs> well done, Simon. Anyway, I had something unexpected happen this week. So I'm going into a, a, a meeting which was quite serious and it wasn't that pleasant. There was just, you know, it was having deals and stuff anyway. There were a number of different people we're meeting with. And I arrive at the meeting and this lady looks at me and says, Dave, you look rather jaded. And I'll do this like a movie and I'll rewind back to to what actually happened. So she said, you look kind of jaded. And I said, yes, actually I am. Because I said only moments ago I was fighting back tears. Actually, tears were running from my eyes. So if we can rewind a little bit. So I was walking over to Abundance Cafe over there. And, and I'm walking up the road. And you know when someone yells out your name and you can't quite see where they are? So my name gets yelled out and I'm looking around trying to see who's there. And it sort of sounded like my friend and some of yours, Matt Sharples, just like him to be involved in something like this. And I, I look around and can't see him. And then... He yells out again, or this voice comes somewhere again, and I know it's not God. And and he, and I'm looking around, I still can't see him. And I thought, oh well, he can only wait so long. So I decided to keep going, and I'm feeling like I'm running a bit late for the meeting. And the next thing, bang! I, you could probably see if if, if the cameras could zoom in right now, you, you could probably see I've got a bruise across the bridge of my nose and up there and up into my eye. And I ran smack bang. I was wearing a peak cap and I ran smack bang into a light post. (laughs) And it nearly knocked me out. Like I'm... And it was unexpected. It was very, very, very unexpected. And and the tears are running out of my eyes and, and I'm sort of gathering myself and... And then Matt turned up, and unfortunately he didn't see it, so he couldn't record it or put it on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that. But if somebody had have done, it would have been very funny, I'm sure. Um, And then I get into the meeting, and this lady asks, are you jaded? And I'm, yes, I am jaded. (laughs) Anyway, we move on. I'm still here. Don't get rid of me that easy. We tend to resist change, don't we? Because change always requires 
some level of discomfort. Doesn't matter what you want to do. If you want to, if you want to stay where you are in in the in the slipstream, sometimes what you're doing to to actually move out of that into into a new season or, or, or just a new a new time requires some change, and and that change will always bring with it a level of discomfort. And, and some time back, a couple of years ago, when I was suffering from some broken ribs. And what would happen, and anyone had broken ribs, they, they are the worst. And, and they take a long time to get better, and, and you just can't sleep. It's just like no way to really get comfortable. So what would happen is you'd be in bed, and, and, and this occasion I had, I had a number of ribs that were sort of broken up around there somewhere, so sleeping was, was really painful. And, 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 you know, you get yourself in a position and it, and, and it was hurting more and more. And you knew that you needed to move to try and get it better. But I would lie there a long time like that because I knew that it was actually going to hurt more to move before it got better. So you'd sort of lie there in this level of pain and, and discomfort. And what I actually did know is that when I moved, yeah, it was going to hurt a lot because ribs really hurt. And, but what I did know was that that initial pain was only going to last for a, probably a short time. It was going to hurt a lot, but, but it was only going to hurt for a short time and then it would get better for a while. But I would actually lie there and, and put off the inevitable moving and, and stay in discomfort because it, it, it seemed, it seemed a little better than going through that level of pain. And God is leading us as a church, and I know he's leading individuals into a season where he doesn't want us to remain in the same place. He doesn't want us to do the same old same. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. But so often we're resistant of that because we know that there is going to be levels of discomfort when we move to the new season. For example... You know, what we're doing with the building here at the moment, it's, it's sort of all cool at the moment because, oh, yeah, we've, we've got a contract on the building and, and, you know, there's great things out there. And, and we've been talking about faith and now we're starting to talk about change. But, you know what, there will be discomfort for us as a church as we move from where we are to what God has for us. You know, we, we might, you know, who knows? It might just line up beautifully and we have a grand opening. And, but, you know, most likely there'll be inconvenience. There'll be, there'll be things that happen along the way that is actually going to even hurt us a bit before we get to what God has got for us. And, and that's overall. But I want to speak to us as individuals tonight that I believe that God is calling us into a season of change. And I want to encourage you that, first of all, where you are is not where you're called to stay. It is not where you're called to live. It is not where you're called to camp. And, and I want to encourage you that to embrace what is next, that there will be times of discomfort. But, hey, let's, let's decide we're going to do that because, you know, the pain... It is a temporary thing. It, 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 whatever you've got to go through, it's not going to last for the rest of your life. But, but there are things that you actually need to push through to get to the other side. So uh, that's what I want to talk about over, over coming weeks. And it says this in John 15, and it's Jesus talking here. He says, 
In verse 1, he says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And, And this is one of these verses that we as Christians, followers of Jesus' love, because it's just exciting. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. I've got a friend that works at at one of the one of one of the big sort of industry places in Hobart and what his job is is to manage what they used to call shutdowns. In other words, when the, when the plant actually stopped and they've got to, got to spend a whole lot of money and do big work and get it going again. And, and when that's on, he, he manages all this. He's under a lot of pressure because every day that plant's not working, they are losing, you know, lots of money. You know, in, in this case, probably, you know, millions of dollars a, a day or a week. You know, it's huge money. And so he's under a lot of pressure. And, and the last one they had... Uh, was unexpected. They'd been planning for some of it, but it it, it came very quickly and and they had to rally things and they had to get it going. And and anyway, and and as it went on, he he talked to me sort of as this process was going and and management were were putting more and more pressure on him. And, uh, and, you know, they were saying, you know, we want more done for less money and and we want it done quicker. And, you know, it was, it it was, it just, he felt like he couldn't win. But as the project went on, he put his head down, he got into it, and they started, to, they started to bring the schedule in. They started to get their work done quicker. They started to find out they were getting through it. He started to do it cheaper. Anyway, and he gets to the end of it, and I'm wondering, you know, what management are going to say, because it's run by, by German people, and, and they, they don't have lots of, lots of humour in their life. You know, it's all very businesslike. And, and, you know, he's joking about this. Anyway, he gets a reward for his hard work. He, 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 gets, he gets a reward. They've actually asked him to take a whole lot more stuff on without any more money, because he was so good at doing what he did. <laughs> And sometimes in the kingdom of God, you know, you, you can actually think, well, Jesus said, you know what, if, you, if, you, if you're fruitful, I'm actually going to give you a reward. And, and that is that I am going to continue to prune you. Or if you're not fruitful, I will have to prune you even more. So whatever way it goes... We're going to get cut, as Corey said at, at the conference the other week. But what I do want to encourage you with, Jesus said, my father, who the Bible tells us, is a good, good father. And whatever he does in you and around you is with your best interests at heart. But I want to encourage us that there's seasons of change coming and we've got to decide that we're going to go into that. And I, want to, I want to share a little bit about some thinking uh, around that. And, and I, I just started thinking, as Corey talked a little bit about this at the conference last week, you see that change or pruning 
that the Father wants to bring to us isn't punishment. But it's rather the selective removal of what's not required. Pruning is actually a blessing. So when my, my, my friend did a, did a great job and, and, you know, is given more responsibility, well, I think in the natural sometimes that can feel like, well, what, what's in all that? But you know what? In the kingdom, when you come through something and Jesus says, hey, well done, good and faithful servant, I want you to take on more responsibility. That means he is actually increasing your sphere of influence. He is actually giving you the opportunity to reach more people, serve more people, bring more people into the kingdom, and actually bring about more change for the kingdom of God. Who wouldn't want to be involved in that? Genesis 49, 22. It's talking about Joseph here. And it says, Joseph is a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over the wall. Imagine placing your name there. Dan or Graham or Katie or Erica is a fruitful vine whose branches extend over the wall. It's talking about the fact that that his life embodied fruitfulness and his influence reached way beyond his own personal sphere, but it actually reached over the wall. And the Bible teaches us that we've all been given a a sphere of influence or or a circle of grace, if you like, and we're not asked to try and be anything we're not, but we are told that that, that that sphere should actually reach beyond where we are. It should actually reach beyond the wall, the containment of, of, of whatever's going on in your life now, and it actually should reach and influence others. So Joseph, this guy that embodied fruitfulness, that embodied influence, that reached in and through and beyond the superpower of the world at the time. He was right at the centre of Egypt when they had perhaps more influence than ever that they'd had. And his influence not only reached beyond his own family but into Egypt and throughout the known world. And this guy knew a little bit about pruning. And the thing about Joseph is the Bible's full of stories about rogues who God still used, people like me. But Joseph was essentially a pretty good guy. He heard God, God was speaking to him in dreams. He wanted to do the right thing. He saw the injustice that was going on in his own family. He saw, he saw the way his brothers were functioning and he saw all that and he was basically just trying to do the right thing. He's a good guy. He was principled. He seemed to have a real healthy self-esteem, but perhaps not a fully developed sense of humility, which was 
What brought it all on for him? He was born into favour. See, when you're born, when you're born again into the kingdom of God, you are born into favour. You are born into favour. You see, we're told that Joseph was, you know, he was, he was the son who was born late in his father's life to his father's favourite wife. I don't know if any of you have been born to your father's favourite wife, but anyway, Joseph was born to his father's favourite wife. Maybe. <laughs> so so he, he was like, you know, he was the apple of his father's eye. He was spoiled, essentially. But he was born into favour. And there's some negative things that go with that in our thinking. But you know what? In the kingdom of God, you are God's favourite. You are born into favour. You are born into, into everything and more that you could possibly imagine. You are born into favour. You, you, you're not trying to get it. You're not trying to please him. You're not trying to do enough things. So he says, oh, wow, you know, you're my favourite. No, he looks at you and you are his favourite. And beyond that, you are born, reborn into favour. But, but Joseph was born into favour, and, and that was the favour of his father, and he perhaps didn't completely understand the favour of God at this point. So his next season was the pit. And you know the story, his brothers, his brothers capture him, they're very cruel to him, and they, they throw him down a pit. So the next little season of his life is in a pit where he goes from favour and being the, the chosen one, and suddenly he's in a pit just thinking he's going to die. And, and tonight I, I just feel very prophetically that I, I want to speak to people who are in different seasons of life, and you might feel like you're in the pit at the moment. You might feel like there are things going on in your world where there is no way out. You see, Joseph really thought he would die in that pit, perhaps. There was no way he could get out. And his brothers didn't particularly have a plan to get him out. They were leaving him there until something just happened that brought about change. And I want to say to you that if you feel like you're in the pit, you know, God is not going to leave you in the pit. He does not want you to stay in that place. Your calling is not to stay in that place, and you're not going to stay in that place. And I, know, I believe that tonight there are people that, as we stand up a bit later in the service, that we're going to pray in a few minutes from people, and you need to just stand up and declare that you are not in the pit because God is not going to leave you in the pit, and he is going to pick you up. We heard this morning that he wants to pick you up and place your feet on solid ground and put you in a place of security. You are not called to stay in the pit. The next place that he found himself was the prison. It went all right for a while. He was, he was in Potiphar's house, but then he's in prison. And, and the thing about prison for Joseph was he was forgotten about. He was the favoured one. He was in the pit and he sort of gets rescued from that. And then everybody just forgets about him. Ever been there? Everybody else is getting promoted. Everybody else is getting noticed. Everybody else is, it just feels like it's going on for everybody else, but he is forgotten about. And Joseph even, even had a, an opportunity to, to get a word in to, to Pharaoh. Hey, you know, remember I'm down in the prison and this, this guy gets out. Anyway, it wasn't until seven years after that that he was remembered. And you might feel like you're in the prison at the moment. 
And I don't know how long that season is for you, but I know that God does not want you in the prison for the rest of your life. And he's not leaving you alone in that place. Because you see, Joseph got opportunities to minister and bring about change and actually set up the next season of his life to set up influence beyond his wildest dream while he was in the prison. And maybe you feel like there are things in your world at the moment that are outside of your control. You see, Joseph was in the prison due to circumstances beyond his control. It was all completely unfair. It was unjust. And it didn't matter how loud he screamed. didn't matter what he did. didn't matter who he called. He was still in the prison. But God hadn't left him in the prison. God hadn't stopped using him in the prison. And it was ultimately his faithfulness to the gift and the calling on his life that got him out of the prison. And if you're in prison at the moment, not literally, but, but you know, where you feel like that is part of your, your world at the moment, the anointing, the gift, the calling, and what God has put on your life is part of you walking through that season. Be faithful to what is on you. And then he ended up in the palace. It's like, wow, I've arrived. Think about the palace is there are more temptations, there are more pitfalls in the palace than perhaps the, the pit or the prison. And it was ultimately that season of pruning where he was in the pit, where he was in the prison, that enabled him to function with freedom and authority in the palace. And I just believe I'm talking to people in different seasons tonight. And you will be back in the palace. Why do I know that? Because if you're in the kingdom of God, you're royalty. You're a son and daughter of God. You're not meant to live anywhere else. But there'll be seasons of pruning. There'll be seasons of adjustment. Let's understand as we're faithful through those times, that that's where we get the anointing and the authority and the freedom to actually live in those places of, of influence that God wants to lead us to. Okay, I'm, I'm going to wrap up in just a few minutes. Here's some, here's some real quick points. A whole lot of stuff in my message that I'm not even going to go through. But you know what? If you want to be like a, a Joseph person, if you want to be a, a fruitful person in, in, in every season, I, I think a fruitful person will be, number one, a connected person. You know, and Jesus said, he said this, he said, abide in me. In other words, live in me. Don't, don't live disconnected from me. Just live in me and, and, and abide. A connect, you're connected to Jesus. You're connected to people. Love is the glue that connects us. You know, when we, when we love Jesus, when we love each other, when we love our community, those beyond our, our walls, we're a connected person. Um, number two, a living person. And you might say, yeah, of course I'm living. I'm not talking about just drawing breath. I, I'm talking about living in a way that the Spirit of God is actually flowing through your veins. Living in such a way that, that it can't help but flow through you and in you and out of you. And Jesus, Jesus said, anyone... Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. All the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And 
Guys on media, I've just realised that my notes have a reference which is totally unrelated to that verse, so I'm not preaching heresy. Number three, a flourishing person. But the godly will flourish like palm trees, strong cedars in Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green. The the team can join me, please. Number four, a growing person. A, A true sign of health is growth. Joseph continued to allow God to grow him regardless of the season. The problem for so many of us is when we end up in the pit or the prison for those seasons that we retract and we stop growing because we think that we just, get, we just get so dark about the season. We think either we're being punished or we think that God's not fair or we think that life's not fair, all those things. You know, God never said life's fair. He's true and he's just, but, but, but you, you don't get... In the kingdom of God, you don't get to work out whether your life's fair or not. Because God said, I am good and I am just and I will look after you. So fairness is all about comparison. It's making sure you've got the same as anyone else. And it's not, not a good place to be. Number five is a reproducing person. See, Joseph, Joseph produced fruit beyond what you could even imagine you know in in the times of drought it stored up in the days of plenty so that a nation and a whole part of the world totally had enough and it is actually the pruning that allows plants to continue to reproduce most effectively. Often when they just grow unwieldy and just do their stuff, they get to a point where they can't, they can't actually support or maintain the growth. You know, and big limbs break off trees. And they come crashing down. But our Father, here tonight, He wants to change you. He wants to bring about pruning, where He he actually just wants to carefully lift and take off weight and take off parts of, of your life and things that are going on in your world at the moment that in some cases might even feel like they're fruitful. They might feel like they're okay. But he's actually wanting to take off the unnecessary bits to get you to a place where you can produce more fruit than ever you imagined. Maybe you think, wow, if I led, if I led one person to Jesus every year, I'd be fruitful. Or if I, if I served on this team, or I spoke up 
when people were asking questions, I'd be fruitful. But the fruit that he actually has for you to produce is beyond your wildest dream. It's not like leading one person to Jesus every year. It's actually about you being part of something that is bigger and more impacting than you could ever imagine. It's like being part of, a, of cities, suburbs, cities, regions, states, nations that are actually transformed by the kingdom of God. Are we ready for change? Are we ready to say, hey, I am not going to settle for the pit. I'm not going to become jaded like me this week while I'm going through a season that feels like a prison. And I'm not going to put my feet up on the table when I'm in the palace. Who's ready to change? If you're ready to change right now, stand up. Come on, let's let's start to declare. I'm going to throw you guys a bit of a curveball. I want a declaration song right now. I don't know if you had one in there or not, but let's yeah, let's let's start to declare right now. I, I think it's really important that you know I, I was. Really tonight, praying about tonight, and I I was imagining, you know, some really personal ministry in this. But I I think, I think the ministry right now is not about me or somebody else praying for you. It's about you declaring. The power is what comes out of your mouth. The power is actually us aligning ourselves with God's purpose. The power is actually us saying, you know what, I am, I'm happy. I'm happy for him to, to do some work. I'm happy for him to, to prune. I'm happy for him to do what he needs to do 